Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hello. Hello, Amanda Jefferson. Bright and bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed and (laughs) bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed. Yeah, Uh, sorry. Bright-eyed. Where's that come from? Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Where the heck does that come from? Something about squirrels. (laughs) I thought about rabbits. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where does that go? We're gonna from? collect Brooke. Can has I anybody Google been it right now? Has anybody been chronicling all the things <laughs> transcripts? So, which yeah. I think you have in some form from our podcast editing software um that like basically tells us where all of these all of the different expressions we've said oh. and where they come from. So oh. where did bright eyed and bushy tailed come from? Well, it does have a mention of a squirrel. Okay. See? Bright-eyed supposedly comes from the late 1500s, while bushy-tailed is said to have come from the late 1800s. Though the source is not clear for either of them, they were seen together for the first time in talking about a squirrel, which did, in fact, have bright eyes and bushy tail. Okay. (laughs) But no, no information on who combined these two things and why they became such a known expression in the English vernacular. Nope, not yet. That's my first Google. Interesting. Yeah. I well, mean, if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Where the heck? <laughs> okay. I'm okay. distracted now. Okay. All righty. Hello. Brooke, I wanted to circle back and talk a little bit more about TV shows. I mean, I am always here for this discussion. You know how I love my television. Yes. I still have a couple of like series finales to catch up on. I just have some questions about like, where have I been? Because there are several series that I'm getting reacquainted with, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering where was I for this, and why have I not watched these entire series? And maybe me living in Chile for a couple of years had something to do with it. I think for sure. And and they were years when it was not, like, streaming wasn't really a thing yet. Correct. Right? Correct. This was, I lived in Chile 2005, 2006. Okay. So I don't know what happened, but basically there's two shows that I'm now getting reacquainted with. One is Modern Family, uh-huh. which I have seen on and off, but never watched it all the way through. I don't think I watched it all the way through either. I've seen probably all of like the earl- the first couple of uh, seasons. Apparently there are 11 oh. seasons. Oh, I definitely have not watched all 11. So my niece, Ella... She is binge watching it all now. Oh, and she came over the other day and was like, I'm watching Modern Family. Do you want to watch it? And we all started watching it. I was like spitting food out of my la- mouth laughing It is so hilarious. Hard. It's very quick writing, especially <sighs> um, 
Oh, what are their names? Cam and Mitchell? Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Cam and <laughs> I'm Mitchell. like, it starts with an M. It's not Marshall, Mitchell. Cam and Mitchell, their conversations I just, are just as quick and witty and like, I mean, if you look away, you'll miss like the funniest little nuanced oh, expression or something. It's so it's good. It's so good. Yeah. So that's one. And then the other one, so The Office, again, where have I been? Where I have, have seen, you been? I have seen The Office. I've probably seen 30 episodes of The Office, but mm-hmm. they're all scattered about and I don't know where I am in the timeline, but my friend Beatrice just sent me a clip this morning a Mindy Kaling clip of of Ke- with Asvet Kelly, Ugh, where she's her. talking about. I guess it's like maybe a performance management or um like conversation, and she's talking to Jim, and she's like, "I have been managing this department for years, and I just really want you to know that I think that I've done an excellent job of it." And he's like, "Aren't you the only one in your department?" <laughs> and she's like. Yes, but I am incredibly hard to manage. <laughs> it's just like we are all oh Kelly Kapoor. My God, yeah. Like how how have I not just like sat down and oh so I'm gosh. circling back. Okay. I'm quitting my job. Indigo organizing is shutting down yeah. because I I have a lot of You need to watch The Office full time. Um yeah, I loved The Office when it was on. Like the theme song was my ringtone at one point. <laughs> My old office mates from my job before starting the business um, might remember that. I think they were probably highly annoyed by it. Um, it was so good. And that was the type of show that, like, we'd all come into work the next day and just rehash every single hilarious thing that Michael Scott did. And well, see, that was, was a so time. Good. That was a time, Brooke. It was a when time. When people were synced up. Yes. They were all watching the same episode at the same time. Correct. That does not happen anymore. Well, it does now, but it's, a it's little just bit. in a different way because... I mean, I guess at that point you could DVR things and come back to it. But we made more of it. It was what we called appointment television where you knew that like the office was on Thursday at Mm. nine or whatever time it was on. And so you made sure to like be at your TV to watch it. If you had to DVR it, you know, you could do that, but you didn't want to miss the work chat on Friday about everybody talking about The Office. But yes, it's such a good show. Beverly Hills 90210 was a huge appointment TV thing for us. It came on Thursday nights, I think, I was going to say, I believe that was also Thursday nights. And we would like rotate getting together at different people's houses. So yeah, you're a few years older than me. I I watched it, but I wasn't on the younger side. I was a little on the young side. I didn't watch it. I didn't. I don't think I saw it like all the way through. Um, but one of my college roommates, she called it nine o. She like, like everybody yeah. shortened it to nine o two one o. Like she went even further and called nine-o. it nine o. Yeah. Um, she was obsessed with it in college, but I guess by then it was over, and she was like re like watching mm. on VHS. Mm. I don't remember. Definitely but had a cult following. She was a big fan. Yeah, and I mean. I certainly remember like Donna Martin graduate, like all of those, mm-hmm. the early 90210 first couple of seasons that mm-hmm. were really like Brenda and Brandon focused. Maybe. That, was that their names? Brandon? No, Dylan. Oh. Well, no, Dylan was the boyfriend, but right. Brenda and Brandon were the twins, brother oh, and sister. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, you know, Kelly Martin played, um, no, not Kelly Martin. Nope. Uh, how do you always remember actors' names? 
I mean, I was very, very into pop culture. Like I used to get Us Weekly or People Magazine. Yeah. I was very like Like into... you can pull out an actor's name, like an obscure reference. I know. Like nobody. I'd I'm be always real just good like, on what's a game that guy's show? name? I'd be real good on a game on show. On a pop culture game I, show. I'm also really good at Wheel of Fortune, not to brag. Really? Um, yeah, I'm excellent. There was a I'm excellent. There was a really funny SNL. I think we might have even talked about it. Where I forget who. Oh, it was the guy that played Elvis. Again, don't know his name, but the new Elvis movie. Yeah, I forget his name, but I know and I can would, see his face. There was a Wheel of Fortune sketch where it was like it was it was a really complicated puzzle with like 17 different words, and he's like can I get a tea? And then he's like, I'd like to solve the puzzle. And he's <laughs> he like, one, one, one day one. I was walking along the river and I saw a <laughs> spotted duck. And they're like, hey, yes, congratulations. <laughs> oh, I'd be excellent at that. And I do have a lot of useless pop culture knowledge. The thing I'm not, I used to watch some like more reality shows. The whole like Vanderpump Rules stuff that's been going down lately I have never watched an episode of that. Do you no. know anything about this? I know I know maybe three sentences worth. Do you know like who Vanderpump is? Like how it even began? I Okay, let me let's test my let's knowledge. Test test. So your knowledge. she is Lisa Vanderpump. Correct. Thank you. Is one of the Beverly Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Correct. And she has a restaurant. You've got she has, I think, a few restaurants. Several restaurants. And at her restaurants work sexy people. <laughs> very attractive, very well dressed. I think from what I understand, at this point, none of the people that the show is about even work there anymore. Oh. Maybe some of them still do as like a fluff job. Like it's So it's, who are they then? There are people that did work there at some point, but now oh. it's like it's followed them for however many seasons. So it's not based at the restaurant anymore. I, like I, I'm saying, like maybe they do some scenes shot there okay. just for like to add the I Because I'm not like, you know, lots of people are super, super into Real Housewives and they watch all of them. I have liked and have watched Beverly Hills. Same. And New York. Same. New York City. Mm, I watched, I maybe watched like one season of New York at one point. I watched New Jersey in the first couple of seasons. Oh, the table flipping and everything. Yes. Yes. Tina, uh, not Tina, Teresa, Uh that whole crew, like the early, early Jersey crew. And then also like maybe the first couple seasons of Beverly Hills. Um, but then it just uh, had kids and, you know, all, yeah. all of the things uh, took away from that. Wait, and so, so I, what's all the big fuss happening on Vanderpump Rules? What's everybody talking about? There's some drama with the two people, Tom Sandoval, Sandoval. So of they're calling it know. a Scandoval. I, I'm probably not even saying his name right because okay. I only like see it written on social media. I've never even heard his name like okay. pronounced. Okay. He was in a relationship with someone like long term. They lived together. Turns out he was cheating with her best friend for like seven months and like it all came to light. And so now it's just all of this information is coming out oh. on the show and okay. on the reunion and on social media the and reunion pe- yeah so i don't know it all but like i follow enough of it that like i know their names but that's right. all i follow right. so i definitely don't i don't have the pulse on the on the reality shows like i used to right i mean i was an early adopter of reality i watched the first season of the real world 
Oh, like, yeah. I think that came out in 92. Oh, of course. That was like I the summer. I loved the real world. But then it started getting just kind of raunchy Oh, and weird. but at the beginning, it was legitimately just real people that weren't in it to was get a career. Was that like sort of like the first reality show? It was one it of was them. Kind, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the first, but... And it still even took a while to take off, like right. because they did several seasons of The Real World before it really became a thing to follow all of these different people who are not famous in any way. They just yes. have, I mean, I'd say Real Housewives it was a huge part of reality kind of taking over our lives and the Kardashians and, yes. um, you know, all of that stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. I was an early adopter of reality TV, but I do not watch much of it anymore. Or no, any, really. For not every once in a while, we'll catch an episode of like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We watched one the other day, and I wanted to jump out the second floor window. <laughs> I mean, it was like an apres ski type of situation, yeah. and they were all wearing these get-ups. And you could tell that a lot of that the drama was super manufactured. Yeah. Like, oh, sure. Oh, she said this thing about me, and I can't, and, 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 I, and now I'm going to cry, and I can't believe you said that. And we were just like, is this for real? Like, yeah. I mean, no, it's not for real. No, we know it's not. But that's it's why just we watch it. Yeah. Or we, I did at one point. Did you I watch? used to be able to handle like the cheese factor of it, but I think they, 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 they've they gone too far. It's too much. You have to accept that what you're watching is absolutely ridiculous. Yes. And just embrace it. One reason. Yes. So for quite a few years there, I was very into The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Yes. And Nick did not understand why I watched it. And I'm like, it's so... Ridiculous. ridiculous. The whole premise is so ridiculous. So much of it is manufactured. Um, you know, it reached a point that anybody on the show just wanted to be like an influencer and Correct. they just wanted to be they didn't, known. They didn't yeah. necessarily want to fall in love or anything. But it was just – I was a friend of mine. She doesn't run it anymore. She ran a Bachelor League where it was like fantasy football but right. with The Bachelor oh, and Bachelorette. And it was like you would pick your team – your fantasy team. And like, if one of your girls said like, this has been an amazing journey, you would get a certain number of points. If she Mm -hmm. got the first rose, you'd get another. If she started a fight, if she did this or that, if she got the helicopter ride or something. So it was so silly. And it just became fun. It was like something frivolous to look forward to. And this was when my kids were pretty little that I was like, I just need a mindless escape. Escape. Escape TV. Yes. Yeah. I know that this isn't real. And there were the there was this article going around. I'll have to find it because there was this great piece years ago that was like, why smart women watch The Bachelor. Ooh, because we need a link to that. We do. Because and it was just all about how it's like we do need that escape and we mm-hmm. like kind of the the game behind it. We like seeing this thing unfold that we know is totally not real life. Yes. Okay. Um, and did you ever watch like Laguna Beach and the Hills, that oh, whole thing? Yeah. Were you into that? Okay. Because oh, yeah. you, again, you were a couple of years older. That was like they were my age That was kind of, it was the kind of what happened after 90210. True. You know, because they were like, ooh, this demographic really loves this whole thing. But what if, and that was when reality TV was really starting to take off. Like, yes. what if we had a Beverly Hills 90210, but it was really how people live? Because we're so curious and so voyeuristic to see, like, oh, yeah. real mansions and real houses and how people live like that. So I always thought Laguna Beach was like the. 
kind of reality spinoff or adaptation of The O.C. Did you watch that? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I did not show. watch The O.C. Okay. I think oh, that was, was kind of, yeah, maybe a little bit more your Beverly yes. Hills 90210. Exactly. Correct. We're not that far apart in age here. But like there was just yes. certain things But it that... is a big deal. Like when I was in high school, you were in middle school. Yeah. Like that's a pretty big, like the stuff that we were watching Correct. was totally different. Or yes. when I'm in college, I'm not watching TV because I'm too busy, you know. 25 cent pitcher night at the rendezvous on Monday night. You Priorities. know what I'm talking about, Megan and Heather. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't sitting back watching the OC. Okay. Um, wait, I had one more thing that I was going to say about reality TV and the Real Housewives something. I can't remember. Me neither. Anywho. Fine. All right. Well, those are some fun updates. Let's take a little break and this. With this next topic, it's going to be a winding road. I feel like our <laughs> listeners at this point just understand how we function. It's going to be a winding road. It truly is. Okay. We'll okay. see you in a bit. Okay. You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet. Now, back to the show. We are back. We're back. (laughs) It's going to be a wild ride, Amanda. It's going to be a wild ride. I don't even actually know (laughs) much of what we're going to talk about because you started kind of telling me this thing, and then I was like, I, I stopped you and I was like, I really think we say should say no more. Say no more. I think we should just talk about this live. Yeah. Do it live. I'm excited. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of months ago, I just kind of had this crazy epiphany session. Mm-hmm. And I started, sometimes I get like I just start typing like mm-hmm. in notes or something like that. And then I'm like, ooh, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I think it was maybe coming from a time where I felt like I had a lot going on and I couldn't quite remember what is it that I am working on in my personal life, in my work life. I think it's very, I think it might be an ADHD thing where I know that I have lots of different projects going on, but I can't necessarily name them or like I need to organize my brain. Mm -hmm. So I had this crazy idea of like, what if I acted like Every season of my life was sort of like a college semester. Tell me more. And I actually started thinking about, and what if I called it good enough-ish university? Mm. Because, and that's like, that's like all I said. And Brooke was like, done. We're talking about it. Well, and because just jumping in, the one um, t-shirt design that we have I called it like good enough ish university because it reminded me of like a college sweatshirt, mm-hmm. t-shirt type of design. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, I didn't even need to hear more. I was like, yes, done. And at the end of the day, like I think that's the whole point of this whole podcast is like we make jokes like C's get degrees. Like <laughs> we're just trying to get through life in a good enough-ish way and not try to kill ourselves trying to do too many things. And I kind of thought about like, you know, when you're in college, you really can only take four or five classes at a time Mm -hmm. because, 
you know, 15 credits, 15 credits, <laughs> because if you try to take more than that, it's completely not doable. Mm-hmm. And I like it because like in the summer, you take less credits, but mm-hmm. there is a summer semester, there's a little mini winter semester, where you might take less credits. So and I liked the idea of kind of thinking about what am I doing in life right now and approaching it almost from a learning perspective. Love this. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm loving that you're liking this. So, okay, this is the cheesy stuff that I was writing down. I mean, bring on the cheese. So, I love the cheese factor. I said, okay, so say we're saying now, first of all, say this is my summer semester, which, first of all, it's too long because I have like 20 credits in here for my summer semester. Too many credits, Amanda. Too many credits. So, we're going to have to cut back. My advisor would say that's too many credits. That is. But I mean, just being super cheesy, right? I'm just going to walk you through. Like, this would be maybe the courses that I were taking right now. Business Marketing 401, Um, speaking pitches, because I'm doing a lot of pitching for speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. Business Marketing 301, (laughs) I'm trying to get much better about being consistent about my weekly newsletters, um, using doing a blog schedule, Mental Health 301. (laughs) And that's all about, you know, I've been talking a lot about uh, the beautiful state versus the suffering state. I'm learning this this whole idea of like filling your blue cup, which I can explain more later. I've been men- keep mentioning closing the stress cycle, using the DBT skills, because a lot of times, like, you know me, I'm always learning, but I have a tendency to be like, oh yeah, I learned that, but I learned it four weeks ago and I'm not continuing to apply it. So it's yeah. kind of like, I want to remind myself, these are things that you are saying that you want to integrate into your daily life. Mm-hmm. Mental Health 501. I'm doing this really awesome coaching program with Mel Robbins. And that actually does have very much like a college feel to it. Like she shows up every day like she's our professor. It's really great. Tween Connection 101. Ooh, 101. And We're starting. This is like, this is my <laughs> basics. Like, basics. Like just using all of the parenting resources that I'm learning out there to connect with her, to mm-hmm. be firm, to be sturdy, but to be calm. And then I've got a little extracurricular activity thrown in there, you which gotta have is something. basically we're about to embark on like a major home renovation. So that's already too much, right? Mm-hmm. So thoughts and reactions, Brooke. So first of all, <laughs> I love the numbers you've assigned to these things. Like, you know, 401 versus 101. Like we can see the, the places where you feel a little bit more seasoned. Correct. You're like ready to dive into senior year. But like Tween Connection 101, we're taking it way back to like <sighs> you're you're a newbie. This is a whole new topic for Yeah, because I didn't know most Isabel parents. was going to be a tween yet. I know. and But she is. It, it happens quickly. She it, is. It happens. So I, I love I love everything about this. I don't think it's cheesy. I think it's an incredible way to look at, like you said, thinking about life from a learning perspective and also a boundaries and limitation perspective because we are the type of people who tend to take on too much and we have to be constantly reminded to set boundaries with others and with ourselves. Yes. We are also overachievers and we're type A and we want to do all the things and all at once. Mm -hmm. The Um, curse of the highly capable person. The curse of the highly capable person. So I... I just love it. I think um, so much about, like you joked about, you have an advisor and they said that 20 credits or however is yeah. too much yeah. for the summer semester. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting way to think about the way we need outside accountability um, for achieving goals. So like if you need to 
have this mindset that business marketing 401 is your speaking pitches course mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to do this many pitches to right. pass the class, right. then that is that outside accountability that you need to be able to get this done rather than just being like, oh, I need to do these pitches. But So I love that idea of mm-hmm. it. I love the idea of obviously not like driving yourself to burnout, trying to like, quote unquote, get a good grade, but doing something that it's a constant work in progress Correct. to reach the end of the semester, to reach final season mm-hmm. <laughs> and to reach, you know, a finals week, you're cramming to, to get all of this done in a reasonable amount of time that someone else has laid out because, you know, other people have done this in this amount of time. This is a reasonable amount of time for you to try to achieve goal X, Y, Z. Yeah, because it's a nice chunk, like three to four months. That's how long semesters yeah, are, three right. to five months, right? Okay. right. It's funny because as we're, you know, this podcast is essentially my free therapy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's where I process everything. And so I've thought about it too, that one of the things that I really get tripped up on in life is actually, I know what I need to do, but I don't necessarily know when I need to do it. Yeah, And it would, would be really interesting to... I mean, when you are in a semester, you have a class schedule. So you go to Marketing 401 twice a week mm-hmm. on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 8.30 to 9.30. So like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could even calendar out, like, this is when I'm working on this? It, because if, like, for example, I would like to send 25 speaking pitches a week. They say that the best time to send those emails is Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So I would like to send five pitches every day which adds up to 15 and not 25. But regardless, <laughs> what I'm saying is like, yeah. what if I have speaking pitches class yeah. twice a week? <laughs> yeah. And that's when I do my work yep. with that. Or, yep. you know, my weekly newsletter class, which mm-hmm. is once a week, right? So it's actually, I could even envision a Google calendar that would look a lot like a college student's calendar mm-hmm. where you're calendaring in, when am I actually doing these things? Mm-hmm. I could also see having like a notebook for each one mm-hmm. not a, like a spiral bound like what were they called trapper keeper oh my gosh not a trapper keeper That's but a, like you can have you a trapper know, keeper but like want. an apple note for each of them or whatever yeah. where you're yeah. kind of documenting what what you're learning and what's going you know kind of so i don't know i think the further i go along in the college analogy yeah the more interesting it becomes it is and like the idea of You know, when you go to a lecture, you have a certain way that you take notes and a certain place that you take those notes and you keep all of your notes for all of your classes together in your backpack. And like, are those the things we're integrating into the rest of our lives? You know, thinking about like I have started trying to really get better about keeping track of some of the fun papers that come home from school, like Paige's writing, like she's in first grade and just, you know, she's getting to a really fun place where she writes little stories and, um, you know, persuasive pieces. And those are the things I want to save. But in the past, I've kind of just had like a pile that I put them in and then they get shoved in a bin. And and now I'm trying to be more intentional with having, with like storing those things in a more organized way by year. Mm-hmm. Not getting too micro, macro, which Mm -hmm. not getting too micro about it, but just being like, have this folder for first grade, everything from first grade goes into it. Mm -hmm. But coming at it from the perspective of like, 
I'm going to need this to get through this class and to make it this great. Listen, whatever helps you kind of feel motivated to do something, to do that future favor for yourself right now, or to do that future favor for Paige for when she's older and she wants to reminisce and look back on the things that I saved for her. Mm-hmm. They're not in 17 different bins all over the place. Like I'm putting in a little bit of that intention. That's just kind of a random example, but that's what it reminds me of like just really trying to create that structure for myself to create success later. Well, it reminds me of your photo project. Yeah, which hasn't... That'll be my extracurricular. You know what I mean? Like maybe (laughs) you're like, okay, that's my... uh, But that's actually kind of a big project. It is. So maybe that's a core thing and maybe that's like a fall semester thing because... Because in your college, you're you're mapping things out. Kind yeah. of like, okay, I'm taking microeconomics now and I got to take macro next semester. Like you're thinking about what am I working on now? How do things build? And I like that it has like a nice start and end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, well, my photo project is going to be like, you know, photo albums 201. That's going to be like my <laughs> fall project that yeah. I work on. And accepting the fact or, or creating the space for certain things and tasks and activities and relationships to earn less credits than others. Like, you know, your right now the Tween Connection 101 with Isabel is super, super important to the longevity of, of her development, of her coming of age, of your relationship together. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's three credits, but you know, the speaking pitches, while it's important to your business, you're going to reach a point where it's easy to maintain because you're creating these yeah. templates and these pitches. So maybe that's only a two credit class, Amanda. So it's, yeah, it's and just it brings making up the more question room. of like, what is your major? Yep. Right? Yeah. Like, what are you majoring in? Yep. Like, and you might be an undecided like, oh, actually, I'm trying to build more hobbies, but I don't really know what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So like one semester, you're focusing on whatever, pickleball, and the next semester, you're focusing on, you know, cross stitch, like who knows? Yeah. Because you're trying to, you know, experiment with hobbies or things like that. So I also... um Think about it because in college too, you're taking these classes, but you also have a social life mm-hmm. and you're joining clubs mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out how to eat well and get the sleep that you need and all of that, right? And then I'm sure in college, it's like, oh, I joined too many clubs and now I don't have time for that. Or I dropped this class because it wasn't, you know, like there's just, there's a lot about that container of college Mm -hmm. that I feel like we can kind of take over into. And the container of seasons and semesters and like so the idea of extracurriculars obviously being important to like your your well being and your whole personhood. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've I've mentioned before like how important my theater group was in college. And thinking back to that experience and how over those four years that is like the thing I look back on with the most fondness. And those are the people that I keep in touch with more than people from my major or my old roommates or like, like how important that experience was to my personal growth, regardless of if I was doing theater or not. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not still active in theater. I still, it's something I love And maybe I wasn't, quote unquote, getting credits for it, Mm -hmm. but it lent itself to so many friendships and relationships that accumulated to so much value in in so many parts of my life. So keeping in mind that those extracurriculars, those clubs, 
are important. While it's also important to remember that you can't take on so many things. Well, Brooke, it all comes back to Taylor Swift. I mean, because it truly does. Taylor or Debbie? Yes. Debbie Gibson, it Taylor Swift. It always comes back. Yeah. yeah, because we were actually talking about sleepovers the other day. We were talking about Debbie as it relates to sleepovers. Anyway, because you're talking now about how theater was such a big part of your college experience, and then you were also recently talking about how important it was for you to go to Taylor. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, that's theater. Yeah. That's performance. Oh, absolutely. And something that like fills you up and lights you up and you are extremely busy mm-hmm. but you wanted to go to Taylor that was like you're a very important extracurricular activity that was going to fill up your cup it, so you added yes. that and it's a good reminder that if you're not taking care of your well-being your creativity you're not cultivating those things then everything else is going to suffer mm-hmm. like will tween connection 101 suffer if you're not also getting whatever friendship connection you personally need mm-hmm. and you know will business marketing 301 your weekly newsletter suffer if you're so deep in the doing of your business that you're not looking at the big picture of what you're what your main goal is with your business and the message that you want to send. Like if you're not stepping back to do things for yourself, all of those things and classes and credits are going to suffer Yeah, and not result in the end product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I keep coming back to the word balance Mm -hmm. because that's the trick in college is trying to figure out because, you know, you're taking these 15 credits and say they are all three credits each, you know, five classes, you can't just pour all your heart and soul into one and neglect the others. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out how to make it to all the classes, how to study, how to Mm -hmm. do the reading, like how to show up. I'm a straight – see, the problem is I'm a straight-A student, right? That's what I was. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I was Mm -hmm. a straight-A student, and so for me – I wanted straight A's all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember I got my first C in college. I got one C in my life. Mm. And I was like... What class was it, Amanda? You know. Oh, I do know. Mike Weiss. <laughs> I was going to say, what's the professor's name? No, no, that is not the professor's name. That oh. was my friend, Mike, who okay. I mentioned recently that in that Old Friends episode who we have reunited. But we were both taking linear algebra and he had a nice professor and I had a terrible professor and he got an A and I got a C and he will not let me live it down. Mm. And that C has traumatized me since. I, mm. You see me, like how upset I am right now. Anywho. But also it was good enough-ish to still graduate and live this amazing life. Right. And- but th- at the time I was not attending good enough-ish university. I was attending straight A's university. <laughs> right now it's my opportunity to just be attending good enough-ish university yeah. and just, you know, like we don't need to kill ourselves trying to get straight A's and yeah. going to 25 cent picture night on Monday nights at the, mean, the VU. Picture night is important. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, I mean, and the idea of <clears throat> say that you're taking five classes that are all three credits. So they're equally balanced in terms of like you earning those credits, but they don't all require the same amount of effort or knowledge or... So there are times that, you know, the things that come easier to you might take less effort and you'll still end up with those three credits. Whereas the things that are harder, like it's just an interesting way of looking at where you're putting your energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I've got all kinds of crazy ideas for good enough-ish university. I could see, I would, like, in our Facebook group, I could see that being a really 
interesting thread if people shared like, okay, say I am attending Good Enough as University this summer or this semester. What are the classes that I'm taking? Yeah. You yeah. Know? Or if you look at your upcoming semester, does it seem unrealistic if you look at it through the lens of a 15 credit college semester mm -hmm. or, you know, or mm -hmm. not, not everybody has to have gone to college, but just the idea that, um, it's, it's just a new way to approach all of the things that you're taking on yeah. for work, for life, for family. Yeah. I also think the idea, thinking back about the idea of the advisor is really interesting because not really any of us have an advisor right now that yeah. are helping us look holistically. Like, okay, Amanda, you said that you're going to take business marketing 401, business marketing 301, like somebody to say to me, like, is that too much? Or I might actually recommend this or that. I mean, many of us have partners and, you know, friends and things like that, but we don't necessarily have somebody that's sitting back and looking more holistically like, okay, this is what you've got on your plate. This yeah. is what I think about it. And I think that's where therapists can be super helpful. Um, coaches can be super helpful. Just people that you, you know, even really close friends that you can kind of bounce those ideas around with that this isn't really something that we all have yeah. in our life. And even if you, if like you don't have that person or you just don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing these parts of your life with someone or you don't have those resources, making that appointment with yourself to do it. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, I always say with my planner, like, Lately, it's been happening on Monday mornings that I kind of sit down and map out my week. But usually on Sundays, I do, I map out the whiteboard for the family in the kitchen, what the dinners are going to be this week, what activities we have, where I'm dropping Paige off in the morning so Graham and I can get our um, self-care, you know, clear head morning walk in now that Nick has started the new job, who's in charge of driving people where and when, like that helps the whole family. I do it, but I do it for myself in my own planner with, you know, incorporating more of the work things. But I have to set that time aside to yes. actually sit down with myself and do those things and map everything out if I plan to be successful, if I plan to not be overwhelmed, if yes. I need to be more prepared for the things that are coming my way that this week. So even if you don't have a another physical person um, either making those appointments with yourself and holding to it that this is the amount of time I am going to sit and not be distracted and I'm going to plan out XYZ and I'm not going to get up until I have all of this mapped out for my yes. week or my semester. Yeah, because you know what I miss a lot about college too as an introvert that requires a lot of quiet time? The library. There's libraries you know, everywhere, Amanda. I know, but I mean that that was just something <laughs> that you did every week. You go to the library, you study, you kind of like, okay, you're going to spend a little bit of time studying for this class and then this class and then this yeah. class. Like very rarely are we just kind of sitting down and like you're saying, looking at the week ahead and like having that quiet time. Yeah. Side note, did anyone ever like properly teach you how to study? I feel like that was a life skill that wasn't taught well mm. in high school to, to prepare for college. I no. Well, because I guess I was such a, I don't know, like school was so important to me. I think it kind of came naturally to me, but yeah. I can absolutely see how it would not come naturally to someone. It didn't come naturally to me. It came naturally to me with a few topics like art history. I loved, I actually enjoyed studying for art history because it was very 
a lot of it was very fact-based. It was this right. artist painted in this style yeah. in this year. This was their inspiration. This is where the piece is. Like what museum, you know, like those were facts. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of things that you learn in school are obviously facts, but that was something I was really good at studying for. Yeah. I was not good at studying for math where I could learn a strategy, but you didn't know the problem until you actually sat down at, uh, at the uh-huh. test. I don't know. There was something about that that was there was right. a disconnect in my brain of how to study that type of thing. I can't imagine trying to study now with so many distractions. So many. Yeah, I yeah. think like you had you would have to be incredibly disciplined to study now. Yeah, with so many distractions coming at you, the young yep. folk, the young folk. But hopefully, well, they learn the better studying tools than we do. Anyway, yeah, so that is. You're all all of your introduction into my my mind I and love what it. happens when I have crazy epiphany is good enough as university. Get your sweatshirts. Whatever. Definitely get your sweatshirts. But honestly, like whatever pendants. helps. We need a pendant. You. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. Pendants everywhere. <laughs> um yeah, it's like whatever way you need to approach the hectic seasons of life because yes. I think we're all in it in, in different ways. I don't know a single person that's like, yeah, I'm totally relaxed right now. And I've got everything ready, under control. Uh, ready for a really chill summer with the kids. <laughs> we have just mastered all of the events and excitement of May and June. Let's just continue. <laughs> like every parent no. I know is is fairly overwhelmed right now. And yes. so- and even if you're not a parent, just that's why I like modern adulting. families. Circling it back to them because they, it's just they're so like it's just so interesting to see like yeah. the hot mess that life can be sometimes and yeah. see that reflected on the screen and relate to that. I love it. Oh yeah. Oh Amanda. Okay, so okay. L- listeners, tell us all the things. What do you think of this idea? How is it helping to give you some perspective about all the things you have to do or you simply can't fit into your life? And and does this sort of approach of looking at it as like a university and a semester and credits and, and a season all, does that help yeah. you in any way? Help us develop this all idea because it's a goodie. It is. It's a goodie. Goodishy. Goodishy. Goodyish. All right. We'll take a little break. <laughs> okay. We will be back. Okay. Hey listeners, Amanda here. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by leaving positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, find that purple podcast app, search for Good Enough-ish, scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections to tap five stars and write your own review. You might even get a shout out on the show. Your support means so much and will help new listeners find us. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. We're back. We're back, Amanda. Yes. That was a fun one. It was a really fun <laughs> one, right? My wheels are turning. I know your your wheels are going to turn too because you're driving home after this and you're going to have some quiet time in the car oh, and you're going to yeah. start thinking. And I can just picture the voice memos that are going to start going back and forth between the two mm-hmm. of us about this whole idea. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it too. Okay. You have not told me anything about this. I haven't. You just a little note to share more than a note that says, I won't say what it says. Tell me what's sparking joy for you. Amanda, (laughs) googly eyes are sparking joy. So it's really not a complex thing. It's it's probably exactly what you thought it was. Uh Um, So I'll take it back a little bit to April 1st, also okay. known as April Fool's Day. Oh. And I've, I've mentioned here how Paige loves a holiday. Mm-hmm. And I'd say around March 1st, she starts 
getting excited for what I'm going to do for April Fool's Day. Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh. I got to come up with the tricks and the things. But she loves it. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, because a, a few years ago, probably during COVID, yeah, probably our first like when we were all really in it there in 2020, I came up with some fun April Fool's jokes um, mm. or little little things, little tricks in the house and um, that just made everybody giggle. And so yeah. ever since then, she's looked forward to it. Um, I think Graham looks forward to it, but not nearly as much as Paige. And this year on March 31st, I was, you know, looking up on Pinterest, like easy. <laughs> March 31st at 11.30 p.m. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> easy April Fool's jokes, April Fool's pranks. And I, I try to keep things good spirited. I don't like to do anything that's no. mean spirited yeah. or that's going to make anybody upset or any trick that's like taking things too far. I just like to do silly things. Mm-hmm. So this year we had some... Um, like adhesive googly eyes that were left over from some things. And I just put them in like the most random places for the kids to find all throughout the day. So I put them on the little soap dispenser in the la- in the bathroom. So they would see that in the I was going to say, I I have seen, I saw some googly eyes at your house the last time that I was there. Because they are still yeah. on the soap dispenser. So that's the, <laughs> that's the, it's the April Fool's joke that keeps on giving. Uh-huh. Um, I put them on some of my hard-boiled eggs in the fridge. So when mm. I told Paige to go get a, an egg for my salad, she thought eggy was the most hilarious. Oh, my gosh. She was a little upset when I did finally Well, I was going to say, did egg. she even let you crack it? She also gets she gets very <laughs> emotionally attached to inanimate objects. So it was like the day that I finally cracked that hard-boiled egg. She was like, oh, eggy. I was like, Paige, we can, we can put googly eyes on any egg. So every – like then a couple – like the next day, I found some that she had taken off of something and put on the remote control for our bedroom television. Oh, my god! And so when I went to watch my show at night after everyone was asleep, it was – they were there. So it's just one of those fun little things. Like get yourself a a $4 pack Yeah, where did you get your Google eyes? I mean probably Michael's or Amazon. They were from like a school project. Just get yourself a pack Aww. and put them somewhere. I've seen our friend Rachel from Wellstruck. I, I believe she has two giant googly eyes. She lives in South Philadelphia, and I believe she has two giant googly eyes on like the transom window above her front door. Oh my gosh! Um, you know what? Just make people smile. I love it. Yeah. So highly recommended. Oh, googly eyes. I'm trying googly to remember eyes. where I saw them at your house because it wasn't on the soap dispenser. No? No. I'm trying to remember, but because I noticed it because I had seen the note that said googly oh, eyes and I noticed okay. it somewhere and I was like, oh, googly eyes, there they are. Oh, I'm but I don't have to remember look where I saw it. Yeah. They'll pop up in the yeah. most unlikely of places. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, what are you doing to do your future self a favor? Okay. Or what do you need to do? Well, I am doing it. So I wasn't doing it and now I'm doing it. Okay. I I am keeping one notebook okay. and using that notebook exclusively. For everything. For everything. All the things. All the things. So right now I'm going to show you I have this lovely rifle paper little notebook. It's mm-hmm. a nice size. It's not too big so it can easily go in my bag. It has a pocket. It has a pocket in the back, which I really like. Okay. But what I but you'll see all these little tear outs, Bruce notes, and this is because for the past couple of weeks I have not been using the same notebook. I've been using different notebooks every day, and I toss that one in my purse, and then this one, and so like I was with the client, and then I did some measurements. 
And then when I went back to the client, I didn't have that notebook anymore. Mm. Or you and I had breakfast and I had lots of podcast ideas. I wrote them in that notebook. And then the next time when it came to record, I had a different notebook with me. Mm-hmm. So I, what I've actually done is I've gone back through all of the scattered notebooks and I have torn out the pages that I want to reference and I've put them in the pocket of this notebook. So smart. And like, I think um, David Allen, he's the founder of the getting things done method. He talks about having one source of truth. So Mm -hmm. I am recommitting to just using one notebook for absolutely everything and letting that be my source of truth. And you'll even see, I use some of my balance bound stickers. I used the bookmark sticker. Cute. So that's like kind of, that's what's happening with me right now. I even have a post-it note tracker right there. It's a little habit tracker that I got at Target, which is adorable. Love it. I have right here like a UPS notice. So I'm using it as like more of a hub. Yeah. Which is, I think how probably more how you use your planner. It is. I was going to say, this is basically how I use my balance bound planner. Um, the the calendar year dated planner is a little big, like because of all of the things that we're trying to fit into it. So it is a little bit more difficult to like throw into a small bag, mm-hmm. but our um, undated daily planner is more of the size of the um, notepad that you're using. So yes, yes that is, I am more of a um, just bring my planner everywhere, but it's yes. almost like you, for someone who's like on the go a lot, you kind of have to think like, okay, phone, keys, wallet, notebook. Like this is your additional thing that needs to come with you because you are someone who's writing down a lot of ideas or measurements or other important things for clients or things. Yeah. What I would love, Brooke, is, um, you know, getting back to the good enough-ish university idea. Mm -hmm. I would love, and this does not exist as far as I can tell. I would like a notebook this size that's like a five-subject notebook with tabs so that I can use it to track all of these five different things. Like I'd love it if I had in here like a section maybe that's for like just my to-dos and a section that's for like the home renovation. Last time I checked, this didn't exist, but I might do a little Googling today because I would like to be able to have some separation between what I'm doing. Like have a work tab, maybe a to-do list tab. I mean, can you create your own tabs? Yeah, you can. Our little sticker tabs. Yeah, no, like the sticker tabs exist. I could. Um, Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that size, I think that's what's important. That is, that looks more like a five by seven type of size that, uh, or probably a little bigger than that. But because I've seen the the notebooks with tabs, but they tend to be bigger and bulkier, like the five star. I'm picturing like the five star. Yeah. And they're not cute. High school. No. They're not cute. They look very, um, like not industrial. Scholastic. I don't know what you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I like you know a pretty notebook. I'll work on that. All right. Well, this was a fun one. This was so fun. All right. All the good enoughish university things coming your way. (sighs) I I don't know. know. Just get ready, people. I know. Get ready to. (laughs) We don't even know it's coming, but it's coming. Get ready to attend good enoughish university. I mean, you're already in. You've been accepted. You have been accepted. If you're listening, everyone, that's the thing about Good Enoughish University. Everyone is accepted. I just want a little disclaimer. This is not a real university. I don't want to be like (laughs) Trump, Donald Trump. (laughs) Not a real university, but a Good Enoughish university. Absolutely. You're all in. Ooh, maybe we'll make a cute acceptance letter. (laughs) See, this is where I have actual work to get done. But this is the fun stuff. I know. Okay. I know. All right, All right Amanda, everybody. it was a joy. It was a delight. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.